Well, hello and welcome back to the Being Challenge. Today we are talking about our last keystone habit, and that is choosing church. Um, church is an interesting thing. There's really nothing else like it in uh, culture, in the world, in society. Um, but when asked in the question, what is a church? How would you answer that? I think people might answer that a lot of different ways. And obviously, it's going to depend on who you ask, how they're going to answer that. But recent times and technology have required us to really think about how we answer that when we do and what we what we mean when we say it. But the word church is used for different things by different people. There's the idea of institutional church. There's the idea of the building itself as church. Um, we all use that when we're referring to uh, the church building. We might say, well, we're going to drive down to the church. But today, we also have what we call online church, and that's what we're doing right now. And you know, I don't necessarily think maybe this is the best way to do church, but it doesn't mean it's not a way to do church, or at the very least, carry out part of our mission as a church. But when we search out what is a church? And we ask that question. Of course, we go to the same place we always go as Christians when we're looking for answers. We go to the Bible. And the word church is translated from the word ecclesia. And ecclesia is defined as an assembly of people called together for a purpose or a gathering of those who are summoned together. And it's also used to refer to a body of believers. Um, and each part of that body is serving a purpose. Now, a genuine church is a group of people called together for purpose with Jesus at the head of that group or at the head of that body, as the Bible often defines it. And I something, think something that might help us better understand what church is, is to begin to view church not just as a building or a traditional institution or things like that, although, you know, those definitions do come into play, but as a movement, as a movement, we're part of a movement of Jesus followers, helping other people to become Jesus followers. And at least part of the way that looks has to do with the time period that it's going on, the culture that it's in, and, and definitely uh, with the technology that's available in the day in which we live. And one of the big struggles for us as a church is to remember sometimes, you know, we're not just a social club. Uh, we're not an entertainment venue. Um, that doesn't mean there are not things that might look similar to that in church, but we're a movement of people who are alleviating the suffering of others and taking the message of the gospel to our community around us and really the entire world. And one of the things we're going to be looking at more is the idea of moving and going as a church. Going into the new year, we're going to be looking at that more rather than kind of coming and sitting church, more moving and going and looking out into our community and moving out into our community and going to people. And today we're talking about our final keystone habit, the habit of choosing church. And so far, we've been aiming at different targets to help us grow in our relationship with God. And a lot of us have great intentions for following God, but we often um, 
our intention and our aim don't necessarily match up. I think we talked about that like the, the uh, week we did the introduction to this. Sometimes our intentions are good, but our aim doesn't necessarily line up with our intention. And good intentions need to be matched up with good aim for the right goals, aim at the right target. Without good aim, we end up wandering randomly and end up wherever we happen to end up. And that's how church ends up, you know, kind of falling off into being a social club or an entertainment venue or becoming insular from the outside world and things like that. Instead of a movement of Jesus followers who are moving and going, you know, and, and God still loves us even when we get off track, which is awesome. He still gives us grace. Um, he's still willing to work with us, you know, and we need to seek him and we're going to fall down and we're going to get off track and that's going to happen. But we're just not all that we could be if we don't match up good intentions with good aim at the right targets. Great followers of Jesus are in great relationship with Jesus. That's a reality. And we've been working on growing and strengthening that relationship by forming keystone habits, committing to community, studying scripture, prioritizing prayer, seeking solitude, and choosing church. This is not all the things we can do, not all the things we do do or the only things we can do, but they are things that we can do that are going to work and help us in a real and practical way in growing in our relationship with God. They're targets that we can aim for because if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. That's just reality. And I hope you've been able to uh, carry through with the commitment to aim at and form these keystone habits that we've been working on. And if you've missed any of these or you'd just like to revisit them, you can always go back and watch and listen and work through these again. You're certainly able to do that. Um, so today we're talking about choosing church. And I thought a good venue for that today would be the church building. When you read through the gospels in the New Testament, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at what Jesus did. He didn't attend church in the sense that most of us do today, but the reality is he's probably, not probably, he is uh, far more in line with what church can and should be than a lot of what goes on in church today. Pretty much everything Jesus did was church type stuff. And churches we know it didn't exist like it does today. It just didn't. A lot of what we have and do in church today is relatively recent and mostly traditional. You know, church buildings are a relatively recent thing in Christian church history. Things like uh, buildings and Sunday schools, you know, order of service, bulletins, the songs we sing, a lot of those things are relevant to our culture and the time we live in. And a lot of them are, are, are recent things in Christian history. Doesn't mean they're bad, certainly not at all. A lot of them are great things. But in the Gospels in the New Testament, there was the temple and there were synagogues where Jesus would go and teach. And Jesus would even go into public places sometimes. Paul did the same thing. Go into public places where the people were and teach. And Jesus, you know, wasn't building a building and doing that, but he was setting in motion a movement that has continued on for over 2,000 years now, which is pretty awesome. I mean, Christianity has changed the world. Uh, the things that Jesus has taught have changed the world, and that's been going on for a very long time, and we are still part of that same movement today. And it looks different 
today than it did at the time, but nonetheless, a genuine church is still part of the same movement, and the basic principles of that never change. They never change, and there are many principles we could talk about when it comes to church, but we've, we've only got time for a couple, really, but we'll look at a couple today. Um, things that benefit you and me, basic principles that benefit you and me, and they also keep us moving forward with our purpose and the things that Jesus wants us to do. And one of the basic principles of church is the power of consistency. Uh, church has been going on consistently for a couple thousand years. And Hebrews 10, chapter 23 through verse 25 says, let us firmly hold the profession of our faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another to love and to good works. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but let us exhort one another, especially as you see the day approaching. Meeting you together as a church is a keystone habit that overflows into other areas of life, as we've talked about. The keystone habits are habits that we have that flow into other areas of life. They overflow even sometimes into unexpected areas of life. And today that might look different than it has traditionally. You know, we're fortunate to have the ability to meet together online and do the things we do now. You know, can you imagine if we hadn't had that ability over the past couple of years, it would have been, uh, yeah, I don't know what we would have done, but we're very blessed to have the technology we do. And people, you know, have different feelings about that. And I understand that, or I respect that. And I feel that in person is a better way to meet. And that's what we normally do, but we've learned some things and we've had some developments in recent history um, in technology and otherwise. And the fact is that online church is a thing now, and there are going to be people who are part of church in that way. And um, I had a friend many years ago uh, who refused to own or learn how to use a computer. Um, but the fact was, you know, computers weren't going away. And online church is a thing now, and it's, it's not going away, no matter, you know, how we think about it. But when, where, and how church comes together looks different, depending on the time period and the culture of the day. Um, you know, people 1,500 years ago probably would have thought, oh, you guys shouldn't meet in a building. You know, bad things are going to happen if you do that. But I know churches in very rural areas um, in the U.S., in the southern parts of the U.S., and in the past, they only met once a month, partly because of difficulty of travel, partly because of the availability of pastors for different reasons. But I think one of the very key principles, regardless of the culture of the time, wherever it might be, the location, one of the very key principles in this movement we are part of, church, is consistency. And the key is that we do it consistently and that we are a constant part of that movement consistently. And if you've been consistent with sticking with this being challenge, um, that's awesome. I'm super proud of you. And I'm looking forward to talking to you and hearing from you about how, you know, what's been going on and how this has affected you personally. But the key to success in forming habits is consistency. It really is time and consistency consistency compounds itself, but it's something that we sometimes achieve or struggle to achieve in the moment. 
you know, our consumer culture drives us into an immediate gratification kind of mindset. And it tries to sell instant fixes for problems and instant gratification for the things we want. But the formula for success when it comes to consistency is well-made decisions over a long period of time. Consistency matters. Consistency is powerful. Consistency is important. Now, I haven't played golf in a very long time, but there was a time when I played several days a week and I was had a very keen interest in it. I even worked at a golf course for a while so I could play golf on the course. And you, you may have heard of Jack Nicklaus. He's, he's well enough known that most people would have heard of him, but he was a very well-known, very successful golfer. And one of the things that he was famous for, and one of the things that made him a great golfer was his pre-shot routine that he went through. It was very consistent. He would constantly go through a series of mental and physical steps before every shot. And he wouldn't swing until he had gone through his pre-shot routine. And someone actually went to the trouble one time of recording his pre-shot routine, the timing of it. And from the time he had the club in his hand until the time that he hit the ball. And they timed him through a game of 18 holes. And this may have been one of the masters they did this, if I remember correctly. But in... Throughout that entire game of golf, through the entire 18 holes, his pre-shot routine only varied by a couple of seconds. It was extremely consistent. Now, uh, the same person also measured Greg Norman, also an incredible golfer who did very well, but he was playing in the 1996 Masters. And uh, unfortunately, during the Masters, his game fell apart. He went in uh, you know, several strokes ahead and then he came out several strokes behind but what happens was they found that as he went through his pre-shot routine as his game got worse it got quicker and quicker and less and less and inconsistency in his routine ruined his game and he, he never did recover um, and there's something about the power of consistency when it comes to our habits. And I remember back when we were going through the book of Acts last year, and we read about Acts, um, most of the book, we weren't able to get through all of it, but we read Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47 as part of that. But this is what it says. It says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. Fear came to every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their property and goods and distributed them all, to all, according to their need. And continuing daily with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved." That's pretty cool to think about. There are people being saved daily. Um, participation in the movement that we call church with the same people is, is one of the beneficial consistencies of church. Then um, the consistency of the group is important, whether we be meeting online, whether we be meeting here in person, but also during the week and connecting with each other throughout the week, that consistency and that doing that 
as a group is important. And there's people, you know, like me who enjoy being alone, but consistency with the group um, involved in the same movement is important. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I find I'm, I'm less able to tolerate some things than I used to be. And I've seen this so many times, but there are some Christians or people who at least say they're Christians who are very inconsistent and they tend to float and they tend to drift and they drift in and out and they float back and forth and, and they're just not consistently part of church. And what happens when Christians are not consistently involved and in serving in a church is, is they tend to form bad habits. You know, we tend to form a bad habit of not going and being with other believers, first of all. But another thing that happens when we do that, if we're not around other believers who are, you know, connected with Jesus like we are, what happens is we're never challenged. We're never challenged in, you know, our thinking, our habits are never challenged. They become very self-serving. Like if you weren't involved in some way in church, you wouldn't even be doing this being challenge, which is hopefully challenging you to form some good keystone habits. And sometimes people might visit church for a little bit, but then when they're challenged, they leave and they either move to the next church or they stay out of church for a while. And I've, I've seen this happen so much. And what happens is, is then bad habits are reinforced and other believers get hurt and then a, a, a bad cycle just gets perpetuated and it goes on and on and on and on. And church is often referred to as a church family. And sometimes family is annoying. That's just a fact of life, but we still love each other and we work on working things out. And one of the things that happens when you are consistent together with a group of believers is your thinking and your habits are challenged. We, we, when we make a commitment to being part of a church, being part of that movement, we say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve and I'm going to do and I'm going to be you know, brothers and sisters with these people. We have to work things out. We have to learn to work things out. And we grow so much in that process. Um, personally, I'm challenged all the time by people, by people I pastor, and I'm better for it. I really am. One of the things that has benefited me the most in my ministry is just sticking with it and, you know, having to work things out and, and not moving from place to place. It's been very, very beneficial for me to, to stay long-term with the church. And another thing church does is it gives you a platform from which to consistently serve. You get a platform that you can consistently serve from. And, you know, the longer you are in a place, the more responsibility you can take on, the more you can do, and the better you can serve. It's like when Jesus was talking about, you know, if you're faithful in small things, well, God might see you to be faithful in bigger things, and that's how it works, you know, and God does a lot of work, a lot of work through local churches. That's really the vehicle he uses in communities around the world to alleviate suffering and to take the message of the gospel to people. And if we're not, you know, if we're not consistently involved with the church, it's, it's not very likely that we are serving anywhere or that we're growing either. And today there are, you know, many people who say something like, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious and, you know, whatever that means. Um, maybe, but is there anything in your life 
that you know you could look to or someone else could look to that consistently says you're spiritual or consistently says that you're anything you know if someone views church as an institution or a building or if a church has become a social club or an entertainment venue then yes i can see why someone might you know drift away or or not be involved in it but there are so many churches that are so much more than that there's so many good churches around that there's really no excuse not to be hooked up and part of that movement somewhere wherever you might be so many good churches that are a movement of Jesus followers helping people who are suffering and taking the message of the gospel to the entire world. And church is also a platform for consistent growth. Uh, without church, it's very difficult to grow spiritually if we're not challenged, if we're not taught, if we're not hearing God's word. Chances are we're not going to grow uh, regardless of the time period or technology or denomination or, or whatever. You know, these things have always been part of Christianity. There's just some basic principles that are part of church. And choosing church adds consistency to your relationship with God. It uh, spurs you on in that. And church is a place where we constantly hear his word proclaimed. It's where we hear the good news of the gospel. It's where we build each other up. It's where we connect with other believers, who, with people who think like we do. It's a place where we, you know, not just a place, but the people, the people we connect with from church. You know, when things are difficult in the world, we connect with church people who, who believe like we do, and we're encouraged by that. It's where we build each other up, and we're part of and make up a consistent and centuries-old movement that has changed the world. And one more consistent principle we find in church before we finish up, we're almost done, but church connects us in a way that nothing else does and in a way that nothing else can because nothing else has what does that. And what makes it special, what does that is Jesus. You know, we're all part of the same movement. We're all part of the same body with Jesus at the head and we're connected with each other, and we are connected together in Jesus, and we're connected with our history, we're connected in our future. But what really makes church special and different and more than a social club or an entertainment venue or something like that, because there's clubs for everything, there's plenty of things to be involved in. But really what makes church different and special is Jesus. Jesus makes us different. And I hope that you are well on your way to developing these keystone habits that are going to help you and me be more like Jesus. And we have a lot to look forward to in this coming year. Um, I'm excited for it, and I'm praying for you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again very soon. I know everyone's looking forward to coming back together, as am I. So I want to leave you with this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you and we praise you. We're so grateful for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. I pray that we would continue to practice habits, aim at the right goals, at the targets going to help us grow in our relationship with you because great followers of Jesus have great relationships with him. We're thankful for him. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks. Have an awesome rest of your day, and I look forward to seeing you again soon.